everyone. Welcome to Till Death Dose Recap. I'm Britt. I'm Tim. And today we are recapping for you Married at First Sight, Season 16, Episode 18. What's our safe word? What's our safe word? That's the title of the episode, not a question that I'm asking. Because <laughs> the answer and to that question is foliage. <laughs> foliage we are six days away from decision day this episode who knows time is a flat circle with this season (laughs) i don't know if we'll ever get to decision day who can say but before we jump into the episode a few things this is your reminder that if you take 20 seconds to go write us a review it makes a very big difference. It makes us come up searchability-wise for more people and get more listeners and more people involved. So if you could take the time to do that, that would be amazing. We, as promised, will be honoring our 90th comment, our 90th review. We want to thank Samber07, Uh, They always look forward to a new episode dropping. Listen on my walks and the time goes much quicker when I have a new ep to listen to. Samba 07. We're so grateful to be on your walks with you. As promised. As promised. Thank you so much, Sam. We appreciate you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And also, we felt like it was important to bring up. So obviously, we cackled, we screeched about the forced nature of the dinosaur, of dinosaur gate, dinosaur gate at the retreat. (laughs) And we thought that it was of note that Nicole made a point to comment on the video we posted of Chris's reaction to that. And she said, maybe it wasn't actually Nicole's idea. Exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. Hmm. So were we implying that this was Chris's idea? (laughs) I think we're implying this is a producer situation. So there's that. I mean, it's, gosh. It's like we're really not supposed to know about that sausage being made. But you can see how as a cast member, it's super frustrating. Yeah. If you're being, if everyone's ripping you to shreds on the freaking internet for something stupid that you didn't even want to do. So. Yeah. Take with that what you will. You know, do you have any other thoughts on that? It was, I mean, ripping to shreds. Is she being ripped to shreds? Yes. Really? Yes. Okay. People are this, are that bored. I think at this point they have turned like there's no hope left for most of these people. We're dragging shit out. So people are going hard on really stupid shit. Okay. And people are really mean to Nicole online. And it's not here for that. No. And it's pretty obvious just like how uncomfortable some people are with like a strong female person. I don't know. You know, disappointing. I'm comfortable with my strong female person. I know you are. That's why we're here today. Um, So, yeah, I I get why she said that. And there we go. There's another layer to view the dinosaur gate scene through. Let's just get into the app. Let's do it. So 
let's start with Kirsten and Shaq. I have to say, I have had an opinion shift on this couple. Do tell. My overarching thought, and like honestly, even hearing Jasmine on After Party like underlined what my experience was watching this because basically about halfway through she's you know she meets with her brother and here I am still viewing her skeptically I'm sort of like lol your brother is a child he has no business giving advice you are feeding him what you want him to say about the relationship and even when she got back to the apartment she was like yeah I talked to my brother and Um, you know, he just wanted to make sure that we're spending enough quality time and talking, basically regurgitated all of the things that she's been complaining about. Yeah. So I was like, oh, here we go. Kirsten being Kirsten. But when we saw all, cause, cause her big thing is like, I just want to know that you like me. Like, I don't even, I don't feel like you're excited to see me when you get home. I don't feel like. I can even tell how you feel about me. Yeah. And then they start showing that overcam footage. Which, thank you for finally you. giving us finally. some overhead cam. Uh, it has been weeks. Exactly. And it is so telling, the overhead cam. It is. And we have not gotten really any of it this season. Uh, and maybe that's because that's how uninteresting most of it was. I don't know. But I always think it adds a really important layer to everything because people are different when there's not a human being holding a camera in their face, you know? So anyway, we see all this overcam footage of like Shaq getting home, walking around, going straight to the bedroom and like barely speaking to Kirsten. Yeah. And every time she kind of tries to make a bid to connect in some way, even if she was falling asleep on the couch and he just seems like broody and uninterested and like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. And even Jasmine said on after party, she goes, look for a lot of the season, I was giving Kirsten a hard time. Like, girl, what are you doing? Like this man is into you. Like, why are you making this so difficult? She's like, and now I'm sort of eating my words. Like, Oh, that does look pretty cold. That does look pretty unfeeling and unconnected, you know? Yeah. And so now I'm just, and Kirsten just sort of like right out the gate and after party says her theory of the whole thing, which is essentially Shaq's ego never recovered from her saying that she didn't have full attraction the first week. And she feels like it's been an uphill battle ever since. And she's lost a little more of him every single day. And that no matter what she does at this point, no matter how much effort she has put in, it's falling on deaf ears. And like now, of course, it's making her feel like, well, what the heck is the point? And I it just made me reflect like. I think that it's fair to say that for at least the last month, Kirsten's been putting in a lot of effort for like the last three or four weeks. Yeah. She has been making a point to like do these gestures and to try to connect with him. And something else she says in After Party, because Keisha's like, so you said like, we're not even talking about the future and what happens next. And Kirsten keeps trying, says she keeps trying to bring it up and he doesn't want to talk about it. 
and that he pro like that he's still stuck on freaking Memphis Gate. Yes, and her not going on the trip. Right. I am with you a hundred percent on this. Okay. I, I, I wasn't I, sure. No, I am, and it's been hard because there's been weeks where I mean I think generally I've been more pro Shack. Yeah. But me too. I think I've I've swung to the other side, and I'm more yeah. pro Kristen, Kristen now, and. It's funny because we've given her, it's been a little exhausting as a viewer for her to just keep repeating the stuff about having deep conversation and we need to have conversation. We need to have conversation. Mm -hmm. But then you get into things like talking about the future. Right. Which that's a conversation that needs to happen. It's built into the process. It needs when to happen. she calls him out on not wanting to be here, like be with her, right. be in her presence when he's at home. He's like, well, you never said anything. And she's like, I'm telling you now. And I'm like, this is stuff that would come up if you guys were having conversations. Right. So now all this conversation talk seems a lot more valid. It seems a lot more valid now that we're getting towards the end and right. they haven't talked about a bunch of important things. Yeah. And you know what? I think that for a while it was like, cause Shaq, Shaq is obviously a good guy. Yeah. And he brings a lot to the table. And I think that for, and she was like, for a few weeks, she was both very guarded and kind of like, I think we've gotten the impression that all she's been doing is looking for reasons that he isn't right. Mm -hmm. Like looking for things he's doing wrong. Yeah. But now that I start to like zoom out a little bit, I feel like the theme of the last like four to six weeks, she has been a little all over the place with how she's articulated it. But it has been, I want to feel like he really is engaging with me and interested in me and, and wants that quality time with me. Yeah. Uh, and now that we see all this footage, I'm like, okay, maybe he really is like a little bit less um, clued in than we thought he was in terms of like emotional engagement with her. Because he's so good at that, at his job, it, I think that there were some assumptions made on our part of like how that must uh, translate in relationship. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm just seeing him a little differently too, as like someone who has gotten to, and it could be because, you know, his ego was bruised at the beginning. And so it's been, I mean, he admits when mom comes over for dinner, he, he kind of just like gets into what he sees as their problems with her. And I don't think Kirsten was very excited about that, that yeah. he just like went for it. But he basically in that does admit that he's noticing he he was putting so much focus on Kirsten is guarded that he wasn't realizing that he's been slowly pulling away from her and disconnecting from her while the closer she has gotten. And I just think he's taking a lot way too personally and has like all these stories in his head as justification for why he is pulling away from her. Cause like, you, this family thing keeps coming up, right? And like we said when we heard it for the first time, on its face, it sounds like a valid thing. But the more we learn, the more I'm like, dude, you're kind of not, 
because he brings this up with his friend again as like a huge issue, like a prominent issue. And then he brings it up again to his friend and is like, you know, it's just so weird. I haven't met her family since the wedding, da, da, da. And then he gets funny when like brother was supposed to come to the dinner with mom and then in the end couldn't because of work. We find out from Kirsten in After Party, her dad will not be filmed. He refuses. And I know a little bit of a little something about this working in unscripted development now for the last year and a half. Like this is a thing there. There will be people in the family that refuse to be on camera, in my opinion, for great reason. So. Of course, we all hope that, like, especially if it's a parent, like, can you just step up for your kid because they need you? It's a little lame. But if you have an old-fashioned dad, is it really that surprising that he wouldn't want to be on camera? And hearing that to, is, I th- makes me look a little cockeyed at Chuck because I go, dude, you live with Kirsten. So, like, you guys have been talking about this for weeks. You know that her dad's funny about being on camera. It's kind of, like, against... You're not really supposed to talk on camera about the cameras. And so that's probably why they have avoided like showing us those conversations. But I'm a little disappointed in Shaq. Just like, really, you're going to ride this narrative all season when you knew this isn't Kirsten's fault. Her dad is not interested in being filmed. And what what else can you do about that? Well, my thing is this. If you want to meet and talk with Kirsten's dad, figure it out. Call him yourself. Do you want to meet with Kirsten's dad for the sake of cameras? Like right. to be on cameras? Or do you actually want to right. know and get to talk to this person? Mm-hmm. Because at this point in the marriage, go figure it out. Call right. him. It doesn't right. have to be on camera. Yeah. But like if you're genuinely, in, if this is so genuinely important to you, right? then find a way to make it happen. Yeah. And furthermore, just to kind of zoom out for a bit, it's very admirable what the things that he's working towards in his life. Yeah. He's driven. He has this job where he pours into people. He's in his PhD program right now. Yeah. All this stuff is great and just shows the kind of person Shaq is. Yeah. However, if it is going to be the type of thing in which you can't leave those things outside of the do- out- outside of the door when you come in and yeah. be present for your wife then maybe this isn't the right time for you yeah. to be on the show yeah and or you bring her into it more and more and talk about how those things are affecting your relationship well and also i just have to say this like i can see why it would be annoying I mean, people are having no problem uh, tearing into Gina about this, that like, oh, her job's her only identity. What about Shaq? Yeah. I mean, like, I think that he might be, uh, it's, it's twofold because he does, like we're saying, he does incredible, important work with young people. And it takes a very certain special kind of person to do that. And it is rad. And he should be proud of it, too. And also, I think that there's a line that he might cross sometimes 
where it's he is over identified with his job. It's everything about yeah. who he is to the point where if we will remember and look back and maybe see through a little bit of a different lens, Kirsten was feeling like he was sort of like talking at her, professoring at her uh, a lot and like going into almost like a role. You know what I mean? Yeah. When he would talk to her. And I think she just felt like, can you just, whoa, like, can you just come down to earth and just be you? And I think that he like inherently takes offense to that because he's like, but my job is me. Yeah. And I'm like, but it's not Shaquille. It's not. It's a piece of you. It's a place where a big part of you gets to shine, which is awesome. But it's not all of who you are. And that would get exhausting and tiring. So I don't know. And, and then like, <laughs> so their big like, their faith is very important to both of them. And they both, it's kind of like they just realized, oh, we haven't really integrated this at all. Um, and they get dressed up and you think they're going to go to church together because they talk about how they really want this to be a part of their marriage, that they do this every Sunday. They go to church and the church is empty. And it's just them sitting in pews. A good pew talk. But it, it's like Shaquille talking at Kirsten. Yeah. And I got it on camera, like her body language and her facials. She's so annoyed and like glazed over. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot more to what happened on the front and back end of this, but I'm going, she's got to be sitting here like, are you kidding me? So what was this? What was the setup of this scene for? Like, there's no real church happening. I just came here and got dressed up to sit in this pew to hear Shaq talk at me. Like so lame in my opinion. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Weird. It, it, that that whole thing was weird. It just felt fake and set up. Very exactly. Produced, you know exactly. Um, I loved though. I will it, say it reminded oh. me actually. Wow, just now of uh, another. We got another great church moment in Houston when Jose mm -hmm. was being introduced, and they were talking about him, mm -hmm. and he's just walking oh, the yeah! ex. Exterior of a church, <laughs> sitting on with rocks his with his cross necklace. That was hilarious. It was, uh, I don't know. Maybe they need a lot of waivers to get inside. Yeah, to, you know, to for <laughs> people sure. to sign off on that. Yeah, but that's true. It's probably love some it. church exposition that's just totally f formulated. Yeah, I mean, like the ideals and like this being important to them. Cool, cool, cool. Like, what? Like, am interested in hearing about that. But the way that it was this setup for this fake scene it yeah. was just absurd one thing that i liked was like mom came over for dinner and when Shaq was talk he, you know he said his stuff and then mom said you know if you guys are gonna be you have to get out of i want her to say this and i want her to say it like this and i want him to do this and i want him to do it like this like you're always gonna be let down these expectations are gonna make you miserable Take the wall down, enjoy each other, relax, laugh, smile, breathe. That's where the love grows from. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But I don't know. Okay, I, I have a question. Hmm. Are you, I mean, I know we just talked about the the dad situation. He doesn't want to be on film. I did kind of feel like, should we really, I mean, because of how much Shaq has talked about family, mm -hmm. should we be billing this as a family dinner if mom's the only one to show up? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. I don't know. It's just like, it, and maybe that was producing stuff where they made it seem, but it, you know, Shaq kind of like built this up in his mind. Like, oh, we're finally having a family dinner. And right. I think it's, I mean, whatever. But I also People think have that schedules. She knew and- he was going to have a reaction about the brother not coming. So she definitely waited to the last minute to tell him. Yeah. It's just like, I know I get that people have schedules and stuff, but like we just see brother in another scene talking to her. Yeah. And it's like, if we're going to schedule a dinner, can we at least make sure two people are present? Two, two family members are here? Yeah. Yeah. It's lame all around, but I think that what my general takeaway now is that it's not that deep and personal. Yes. The way that he is making it. Yeah. And Kirsten is feeling more and more pressure the more he personalizes it. And she's just like, dude, like, it's not my fault your family doesn't live in this state. You can't put it all on me to be, to convince my family to A, like, not, like, take work off, but B, be on camera. I bet you the camera thing is a thing for all of them. And, like, people avoid it. You know what I mean? If you're trying to pin them down, they won't call you back. I'm busy. Like when it comes to being on camera and I just think it's not fair. I mean, I would understand if she was feeling irritated with her family, like, can you guys please just do this for me? But I think it's not fair for Shaquille that he's making it like it's her fault. Yeah. Or Kirsten isn't ready. It's like, I don't think it's that. I think it's her family isn't down. Yeah. Just, just do the, do it go through the motions of it all so yeah a bit of a shift with them i mean i mean i don't think they should say yes on decision day at this point i don't think so either and i don't think that they i think they have regressed and i think that there's so much miscommunication and misinterpretation and like Shaq is so butthurt and like clearly can't let go of shit like it is ridiculous that he is still stewing about memphis three weeks later yeah when you didn't even explicitly ask her to go. Like, he's being a baby. And it's to his own demise. Yeah. And I just think he has his hand in too many pots right now. Yeah. I think there's too much. I think he's got too much going on to give her and the, and the marriage the chance that it mm-hmm. and the time that it yeah. takes and deserves. It's like he wants the marriage to be a prop for the other parts of his life. Like, yeah. it would be great to have my wife on my arm when I'm giving a speech at Seesaw University. And yeah. it's like, that's not a good enough reason. Yeah. Like, you got to come home and pour in to the thing. It doesn't just, like, exist on the side for you to pick up when you feel like it. Yeah. It's know? not just like applying for college where exactly. it's like, I'm ready to go now. Here's my transcripts and my thing. And, like, yeah. I got accepted into college. Woohoo! Yeah. It's like, no, you gotta that's not yeah how it works yeah so i didn't expect to be saying these things but here we are yeah so let's move on to clint and gina another couple with no well, this couple with no hope not even a speck we intro it's so awkward because obviously we're going into this all having seen that teaser a month and a half, two months ago, no longer, of Clint somehow kissing Dominique at some point, which we've all agreed is probably post the season. But like, we're all like, how the F do we get there? And then Mac 
we've been watching this preview for weeks now of him saying he slides into Gina's DMs. And we obviously already knew he thought she was hot. So we're going into this with knowledge about what some things that come after. And so we're obviously reading into it a specific way. But Clint and Mac, they are working out together. They are tossing the balls. The medicine balls back and forth. Basically, my theory is that Mac is just fishing so hard uh, in the name of brotherly support. Underneath that, what's happening is he is fishing to see, does is he going to get to shoot his shot with Gina? And like, is Clint giving up on the relationship like I hope he is? Mac doesn't give a shit about Clint. No. He but really he's acting like he he's does. He's acting like he's he does. being shady. And I got to say, like. Shady AF. McKinley has some, some audacity yeah. to him. Yeah. I mean, he's looking at himself like pretty high. Yeah. And then he says in an interview, he goes, he he starts to, he describes an interview that he just doesn't understand how Clint or Gina aren't attracted to each other because he thinks that they do seem like they would be a great match. But then that trails into him describing all the ways that him and Gina are similar and compatible. And yeah, he's attracted to her. And yeah, he's pretty sure she's attracted to him. And then he caught himself and like went back. And I'm convinced that they have already been DMing at this point. Like I am sure they've already been DMing by this point. Why would he say that? Like, she has told him that she's attracted to him. 100%. Gina has told McKinley that? I think so. Really? I didn't think on After Party that she was buying it at all. Were you? Did you? Yeah. Oh. Keisha looked at her and goes, I mean, would you be attracted? And she's like, yeah. She was just trying to play it cool. Okay. I mean, I think that she was shocked when she saw what he said and her eyes got wide. But then she like, locks it up and Keisha goes so what about that Gina is would Mac be your type and she was like very like stoically but she was like yeah Mac would be someone that I would be attracted to and I was like she was just shocked that he said so much I think which I'm like you know what go Clint go make out with go make out with Dominique in front of everyone (laughs) go do it you know what? If you're going to have this guy sliding into your wife's DMs at this time, yeah. like, Shady go for it. A-F. Both both McKinley and Gina are doing Clint wrong, and I'm not here for it. I don't think Gina's doing anything wrong at this point. I just think that, like, I don't know. How many times can she tell him that he doesn't have swag and that she's not attracted to him? Like... I'm over it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess I just see. So like. If Clint hadn't made that comment on the honeymoon, mm -hmm. Clint would be like, Jeannie would be the villain in this relationship. Well, everybody already thinks she is. I just think it's not as clear cut as like villainous per se. Okay. Hold on. We cannot skip past the part part where we get a regatta drop. 
Yes, he has multiple regattas planned. Upcoming, thank God. The question was funny though, because McKinley's like, (laughs) "So what's up next for you guys?" Like talking about the relationship. He was talking around it. Well, I got a couple regattas coming up. (laughs) Hell yeah! Uh, He's asking about like what the future holds, and there's pretty much, yeah, no. We'll we'll see about Gina, but I have a few regattas to go to. so exciting i was beginning to like question clint are you all talk like are you really a regatta person enthusiast oh and then we finally get our damn haircut thank god i mean gina doesn't really have much enthusiasm though i'm not impressed by her reaction i i I do think that he looks way better like this was a huge improvement yeah pepper and pastor cow they come where have these twats been all season? Who can say? But well, we're going to get into six the days po- before. Well, we are going to get into the pole dancing with Jasmine. But surprisingly, Gina shows up and does the pole dancing. Oh, yeah. With Jasmine at the beginning. And then just immediately is like, I'm out. So yeah. we finally have a two people to Gina hang out with someone briefly. True. True. Very true. Because they're in like, we're not having, we're, they're in the, we're not having sex club. We have to talk about the fact that we see Dr. Pepper come the closest thing that we'll ever see her to going getting unhinged. Yeah. She, did you guys watch the romantic movie, the emotional movies I asked you to watch? They did not. And she loses her damn pepper mind. And she's like, well, what are you? What? And she tries to pull it back so fast. She's like, well, what was I even doing here? What am I even, I mean, uh, why, if you're not gonna, she, she tries to pull it back after, but I was like, Pepper, Pepper's pissed. Well, in their eyes, they're like, they said it's a timing thing, blah, blah, blah. They they had the couple's they retreat to go to. it's a bullshit suggestion. It is a bullshit yeah. suggestion. Yeah. And if I'm there, I'm like, oh, nice to see you again. Thank you for, for meeting us for the second time this year. Right. Like. And, and you're coming days. with it. You're bringing in a driving Miss Daisy is going to save our marriage. <laughs> I know. Get the fuck out of here. I know. I know. I mean, on one hand, I think that if these were two people who were really trying, I think that you do fucking everything and you throw yeah. it all at the wall. So it's also it's also not a surprise to see them go. It's like, oh, you're classic like Gina's self-conscious and thinks something is dumb again so of course they didn't do it yeah but the bigger overarching theme here is that these two know that they will not be staying together yeah it is not a question so quite frankly they're sick of everyone trying to convince them otherwise because they already know yeah And you could see how irritated Gina was in After Party with um, Keisha and her husband, Brad, pressing at random points like, you really need to give him a... You can just see she's trying to like keep it all, uh, like keep her face in check. But she's just like, shut the fuck up. We don't like each other. Yeah. And there is this... I don't know. So like, okay, she gets into... they. I guess I'm just like, guys... Pepper and, and Cal were grilling her to explain it. So, and she says an after party, because everyone's like, wow, where did this come from? I'm like, mm. I mean, she's been pretty open that she's not attracted and yeah. she just haven't, they haven't been able to get to the bottom of it. And she says an after party, like, look, 
I've been just really trying to get to the root for the last like two weeks of why, like why, why isn't it happening? Why is nothing stirring? And I realized these are things I started to realize were probably a part of it. I didn't know before. We're talking in a matter of weeks here. Like now I know and now I'm saying it. And, you know, she's she does, she talks about how she's basically realizing she thought she wanted some life of the party guy. And now that she's got it, she's realizing it's not her favorite thing. I think that what is endearing and fun and silly about him to friends and to all of us for her is kind of like it makes it gives her secondhand embarrassed man that comment hurt me yeah embarrassment is Uh, a hard one like he's clearly comfortable and fine with who he is yeah right like i just secondhand embarrassed to say that in front of him when he says i mean i guess he tells a lot of like crass sex jokes and shit i mean like I don't know. I guess I'm just like everyone. <laughs> I don't want Clint to feel like shit about who he is. I just think that it's also valid that Gina has a preference and that she's realizing that this thing is actually kind of hard for her. And I think that there's a lot of women that would feel that way. Yeah. That would feel like a little bit um, nervous socially if you have a person that says whatever's on their mind and is kind of the class clown and often maybe says like off color or sex jokes and shit. Yeah. If that's not the kind of thing that makes you laugh or that you're into, and especially if it's your person, I think that there's a lot of women that would feel that way. That's all I have to say. Do I, you know, I don't think Clint should have to change. I, I get the thing underneath it though for her, which is that, the thing underneath it for her is I told you I didn't want someone with ginger features and you gave him <laughs> okay. gave me that. Okay. Fair. I think Fine. that's ultimately what it comes down to. Okay. Yeah. You think if he was like had dark brown hair and blue eyes, she would love that he was the crass life of the party? I don't love it, but it'd be easier for her to her to accept it. Sure. That's probably true. I just didn't feel like I get the whole thing of like when you're so if you're so focused on being the center of attention in social environments, it's not and you're not taking time to like do little check ins with me across the room or like walk by and say something to me or try and gesture romantically to me or how are you doing or I get why that is paired with the big the big life of the party personality, and then you act like I'm not anyone different in the room, that would bug. Yeah. That would bug me. But I I feel like everyone is just flabbergasted that she, like, said such specific stuff so late in the game because he can't... There's really no time to work on it anymore. And that's that's fair. That's 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 the whole thing, is she's never felt like he's been intentional with her. She's never felt like a wife. What did you make of the whole dinner conversation that? I I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, cool. You cook all the time. You already cook all the time. You watch cooking shows. You cook for your friends. That's a beautiful thing, but that's not my love language. Yeah. Like that doesn't, 
if that's that's not enough on yeah. its face. That doesn't count as you trying to romance me over the last eight weeks. And he basically, in his interview, once he gets over, I mean, of course, for him, it's so fascinating to hear the way that people hear critique live. Like, we do so much translation and personalization and projecting. So, like, his takeaway was just like, it was just shocking. Like, I guess I'm just this creepy, weirdo, <laughs> crazy creep. And I'm like, okay, she didn't say that. Don't think but... that was the said. That's what you heard. <laughs> but he goes, look, I will wear it that I have not really been trying as a husband in all the ways that I could. Yeah. You know, it's just. they. But here's my I take. I think they hold more equal responsibility than everyone wants to say they do. Is You're right. all I'm saying. No, I agree with you. Well, they, they got themselves into a hole. A pickle, if you will. A hole and a pickle. <laughs> my hole and out. Just go with the hole okay, for hole. a second. Okay. They dug themselves into this hole on the honeymoon uh -huh. where they both said stuff to each other that hurt each other's feelings. And it was about physical appearance. Yeah. No one has really tried, neither of them have tried to really get out of that hole. Right. In an earnest way. The closest they've come is is hanging out. Yeah. And having fun together, but nothing ever crosses the friendship line. I felt this at the time, and I still feel true, still feels true today. That rodeo date was the was the pinnacle pinnacle of their relationship. Yeah. And it was the, the tipping point in a way. they got wasted. It was the tipping point in a way. It was like, this is the moment where we are deciding the, what direction this is going to go. Mm. If there would have been some kissing, some hand-holding, this maybe could have turned out differently. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you might be right. Yeah. Not uh, looking good for these two. But no. it never has, so. No, it never has. And I thought it was interesting. Like, I love how Pepper and Cal are like, but the wedding day, you loved each other. I'm like, guys, are you that dumb? Like, <laughs> and they literally both look at each other and them and go, yeah, because that's what you're supposed to do on your wedding day. And yeah. what they're not saying is, yeah, because we were on camera for a show where we had to get married on the first day. Yeah. And what else were we going to do? We had to go through all the motions, everyone was watching us. Yeah. Like, you could tell. I was just like, Pep, Cal, like, you really needed them to spell that out for you? <laughs> like, the fact that they were able to peck each other a few times in front of a crowd was not, I don't know. But I guess we were, there was a while where we were like, we're so confused because Gina said all these beautiful things. And it's like, Yep, they were they were going through the motions, and that's that. So it's just a countdown for these two. And you know what? I am just right now eating all of the words we just said because last week I said I don't want to analyze this couple anymore. Oh, you're right. <laughs> we just gave them, like, at least 15, 20 minutes. Okay, moving on to Jasmine and Eris. Um... I feel a little bit confused because I feel like the after party narrative is just like this couple based on this episode is just making incredible strides. Yeah, I'm not buying it. And I'm like, what? Are, what? The Brad straight up looks at Eris and goes, "Do you, so what do you think? You think you're one of the strongest? 
since when? What are we saying? One of the strongest couples. Uh, we're being gaslamped. <laughs> by, by after party. I like gaslamp. So we open with them having awkward, stilted heart-to-hearts in bed again. Where we hear the same thing. Eris wants her to keep speaking up more. That And again, keeps going, that's when you're the best version of yourself. And I just am like, there's something about that phrasing that just really rubs me the wrong way. Because I'm just like, you don't have a right to tell her when she's the best version of herself. Okay? Yeah. You don't know her. Go fuck yourself. Okay. And then she has to repeat the same thing. Make me feel safe so that I can do that. Then you have Eris. I I mean, I'd have no issue if you want to, like, have affection, like, maybe, like, a hand grab or something. I have no issue. Oh, thank you, Eris. I'm so glad you have no issue (laughs) if she instigates. Like, he's always, I get, I do believe he's growing. It's not enough. And, like, the perspective is still always him first in his mind. It's like, where have you been? Why aren't you holding her hand? Why aren't you, like, these are things you should be initiating. It has been clear from day one that Jasmine has been open for business with you if you wouldn't be continually reminding her that you're not attracted to her. Yeah. So I can't. Then, I think that I'm just frustrated at the premise of this like i'm frustrated at the premise of the pole dancing because the premise of the pole dancing is that jasmine has to do more things to make her attracted to him yeah whatever i mean like clearly i think that there is something to be said for the fact that like jasmine is is a very like reserved person in general And I do think, if nothing else, this entire process is pushing Jasmine to just get more comfortable and own more sides of herself. So her voice, huge one. She even reiterates an after party, I have always taken a back seat in my relationships. So that's like, I keep going back to like, this needed to be addressed for her in her life, whether it was Eris or not. I hate that Eris is the one on the other side of this overall for her. But at least she's working on this. And, like, you could argue, like, the pole dancing, like, it's getting her more comfortable, like, in her sexuality and not feeling so, um, so shy about it. Yeah. I mean, my whole problem with this is that he he shows up. Ugh. And, and like, I've And nev- she didn't know he was showing I up. Know. I've never pulled in. And neither did Gina. That was yeah. fucked up to yeah. Gina. Gina has to finish a dance a choreographed dance in front of Jasmine's husband now. Yeah. Like, what the actual fuck? I would have just walked off. Which, yeah, she essentially did immediately after. Which she but still saw the routine through. I was like, oh, I haven't pole danced before. Okay, so I'm not an expert <laughs> on this. It seems to me like it is something that is an empowering thing to do as a woman in a way. Maybe empowers too strong of a word. No, well, it but can it, it, be it, it can. It's it's a thing you where you are going you take by a, choice to like yeah. get in touch with the side of yourself. Yeah, and you you take a class with other women, and it's kind. This yeah. isn't a I'm coming down here and auditioning you to work at the Spearmint Rhino, <laughs> right. like Eris thinks it is. And yeah. 
I think it's so rude and disrespectful that he shows up unannounced. Yeah, that was a producer and move. You know it. I'm sorry. Okay. I've also never been in a strip club. Don't plan to. I am extremely uncomfortable with the throwing money at someone type of thing. Mm. Maybe that's just a me thing. I just don't like how it looks. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I, I just, I think it, ah, I just makes me cringe a little bit. It makes me feel weird inside. Yeah. I And here's, here's the thing. I'm sure that for couples who are both fully consenting and if they share some fantasy around this, and there's safety there and they like the relationship has earned you acting out some fantasy. I think it could be really fun. But the the awkward thing here is that Jasmine was going to take a class for herself and her girlfriend to get in touch with the side of herself. And a guy that has not earned her trust shows up in the middle of it unannounced and then expects to be entertained. And she has to do it on camera for him when she knows that like he's been critical of of her and his attraction to her he's made it clear is not fully it just like it was a lopsided dynamic power wise and i it made me very uncomfortable for her yeah you know it just felt like god are you serious you could tell her watching it in after party she was mortified yeah and having to watch it with keisha's husband Yeah, there's just something about it that rubbed me the wrong way. Like, they did not, he didn't earn any of that. Chris and Nicole doing this would have been a completely different story. Yeah. Because they're, it's a fully mutually reciprocal relationship. So it would have been fun. But yeah, there was something that just icked me out about it. Like, it just feels like Eris in general is being given the power to like he's the final say on sexy and hotness but i just don't like like he's just sitting there waiting to like give her points or take them away in general and And it's we can acknowledge that eris has grown a lot this year and also this has been the theme since the since since she was feeding him fruit it's been the theme since before that i mean with him since their wedding day yeah you know and this, what are you going to do for me? Exactly. And that's, that's. And, and, and oh, that, I'm not attracted. So what are you going to do to fix that? Yeah. Not, what am I going to do to cultivate attraction for this amazing woman standing in front of me that I can't figure out what the deal is with my boner? It doesn't make sense because she's amazing. So what am I going to do to fall in love with her? Yeah. It's never coming from that angle. And that's what pisses me off. And then like. I guess because of this, the experts have decided that they have earned their sex basket. Once again, he's getting his, like, he's getting to benefit from these things. He's getting to get the feather tickles. And, quote, a feather on the gooch probably feels sensational, end quote. A fe- that okay. You you played that way too down. From what did I just hear as we were watching this? Okay, no, no. I need you to bring more energy with that. A feather on the gooch is what this man wants. Excuse me. I can't believe that Married at First Sight brought us the usage of the word gooch. Gooch like, was will, not expected. All I can it. say, the only thing I can be sure of <laughs> so right hard. now. 
is that the word gooch will be in the title of this episode. No! It has to be. The algorithm will make us invisible. Feather on the gooch is what Eris <laughs> wants. I might have to like literally put stars on it for them to like still share it. Ugh. So I will say in caps, I put, finally, he does something for her with six days left. Houston, six days before decision day, this man has finally offered to do a physical gesture for Jasmine. He is rubbing her feet. And then rather than bask in the moment of him finally doing a selfless act for his wife, look at me sensual and then slap me. (laughs) We go to this weird place. And then he... Once again, you know, it's a little bit facetious. He's obviously like kind of half kidding, but you know, she's like, do you like that? He's like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I would whatever, but he turns it into this thing where now he's like pressuring her to slap him. And now if she doesn't, she's lame. And I'm just like, why can't you just kiss her? Yeah. God forbid, like God forbid You just give the woman a kiss. (sighs) Unbelievable. (laughs) Like everything is just like everything is unearned. And any version of anything sensual for him, it has to go to like the dirty place. Yeah. And it's like, that's a fun place, but that's just a piece of it all. And you have not earned the dirty place. No. You haven't even given her a nice kiss on the lips. Like, you suck. I'm just like, when is someone going to tell him? And then for him to go on after party and have them just like fawn over him. For Giving him all these flowers. And I'm, just I'm like, like, give Jesus me a break. Christ. This, he doesn't deserve Has this. Has he not kissed her yet? I don't think so. Like, other than at the altar? I don't think so. And if it has, it's been like a stunted cheek or head peck. You know what I'm saying? I can't believe we're being made to believe that this couple has a chance. We've never watched them make out in our if lives. If we've never seen them kiss before. This is insane. Right? This but is like, insane. But slap me and tickle my gooch. No. And do a dance for me and let, like no. humiliate yourself No. for me while I throw money on you. I just can't. Jasmine, you are a good sport, but maybe too good of a sport at this point. Like, I just, he needs to be knocked down so many notches. It's unreal. They go to the psychic. I was annoyed that the psychic, that the medium was pushing their connection so hard. I was like, ma'am, you do not know. I was out with the medium as soon as we're analyzing handwriting samples. (laughs) I was like, I've never... Can you sign your name? Oh, that's a strong A you signed with. But it's a weak last name. That means you were born under the wrong star. (laughs) No, I was lost. I was generally I'm open to this stuff. Like uh, I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is cool. No, I'm not. We're not. This is not. We're not analyzing handwriting samples here to figure out. And also, I'm sorry. These things are the most basic things. The only thing I'm seeing. That you were born to two parents. What is, <laughs> does that mean something to you? Did you have something in no, your well, the childhood? Thing really fucked Maybe 
anything in your childhood. Okay, stop. Of anything. Here's the thing. I am always extremely skeptical of any, like, anytime there's, like, a medium or healer person that gets brought onto reality TV, I'm always inherently way more skeptical of them because it's, like, producers can tell them things and, like, whatever. However, I will say, Eris admitted on After Party that he's always been pretty, like, anti this stuff and not open and that he was, like, blown away by the experience and Jasmine similarly. And a lot of what felt made it, like, made them buy in was that they both felt like certain deaths in their family were being played upon, like, were being brought into it in ways that like she could not, no one could have possibly known. Yeah. Like she hadn't told producers about this friend and he hadn't told producers about his great grandma. Like, I guess that's the thing. I have a hard time watching it on reality TV. Yeah. Cause it, it just feels like automatically cheap and suspect. Yeah. And it's obviously nothing new that like, there's tons of charlatans that prey on deaths in people's lives as a way in snake oil salesman if you will but i my biggest thing was just like you're encouraging this relationship too much it's too late lady yeah please stop stop pushing them together uh okay last but not least i mean least to be said because they're our a plus couple but nicole and chris I was cracking up that at her um, her takeaway from golf was that like normally I would have been a sore loser. Uh, okay, <laughs> the f- here's here's what I have to say about this. I was flummoxed that but we were she said, still a sore talk- loser and walked away. So I think she's just really proud that she didn't walk off the green. I'm like, you still talking about mini golf? Says a lot about it says a lot about how much mini golf she can't holds. Get it out of her head. I was like, oh, we're still we're still on mini golf. She's not quite over it. I love it, but she's really proud she didn't storm away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, then we have pineapple. Like th- this couple's big thing. This oh yeah. Okay. Is- Remind me what I just wrote pineapple in my notes, and now now I have no okay. idea what it means. So she makes point to be like. About the retreat, like you didn't pineapple me at all, and then they oh, do, that's they right. roll us back and remind us that on the honeymoon she had said, "Let's come up with a safe word for when basically I'm being obnoxious or too much, because I know I can be a lot." And so, how about like if I'm ever being like that in public, you can just say pineapple, and then I know to pull it back. Um, Which honestly, something tells me she would not be down for that in real time. Uh, but we come to find that Chris has never said pineapple and that he clearly is not interested in saying pineapple because he can just talk to her and have adult conversations about the thing. He doesn't want to say the word. I'm, uh, <laughs> I, I would venture to bet that by the third hole of mini golf, pineapple was being muttered under the breath. <laughs> he was certainly thinking He was pineapple. certainly had citrus pineapple, on the mind. pineapple, pineapple. <laughs> but then this is what's funny is then it segues into him saying I'm actually sick of all the pineapples in our lives this is a lot this, this. And because she's into pineapples for decor and she that one really catches her off guard he's like I think I 
I think I'm like sick of the pineapples in the apartment. Like, can we get rid of them? And she's like, all of the pineapples? (laughs) He pineappled the pineapple. (laughs) So he wants to be rid of emotional pineapples as well as physical pineapples. So he, she, she takes that in stride though. She goes, okay, we, after she gets over her shock, she's like, I can put them all in my office and have my pineapple office. (laughs) But she makes him take one pineapple, doesn't she? Or leave one pineapple out. No, well, she wants him to the pineapple lights, but he's uh, like, no. no. <laughs> they're like pineapple dog, like toys for the dogs that look like a string of lights. And she's like, but not that one. And he's like, no, I'm taking it to the other house for the dogs. <laughs> um, well, I guess just moving forward, looking forward a little bit. Because mm-hmm. Nicole talks to her dad and dad is just kind of like, do it or don't do it. <laughs> like, you know, Mark. I'm wondering... And we're going to get more insight on this next week. But because we're so close and they've done so well this season, mm-hmm. are we going to get into our, a place where we are talk, we're, we're getting too in the weeds and manufacturing things or right. like blowing? Well, they're certainly doing that in the preview. They're blowing, trying to make it seem like, Yeah, oh. so I'm like, is this real? Is this, pro- is this more is. producer stuff or what? I think or, it's that. Yeah. I mean, so. I think that they need to figure out this housing thing, but something tells me they're trying and you just can't, you can't force, uh, you can't make the apartment appear for you and your three dogs if it doesn't exist yet. Yeah. Like you gotta, it's going to take a few more weeks or another month or whatever, you know? Uh, that is something her dad was very adamant. Like, you don't know, you don't live separately. That would be bad. You'd be going backwards. That's her big thing. She just doesn't want to live separately in five days. Yeah. Because she thinks that would be a step backwards. I think that that's fair. Yeah. And I think that they can figure it out. And they're probably just going to probably do some like bopping back and forth, like sleepover for here for a few nights, sleepover for it's going to suck. But like it'll be an in-between time. Most people have been there before. Yeah. And you'll find the spot and it'll be solved. I don't think it's much deeper than that. Yeah. And I think that they want us to think it is in the preview because they've been a sure thing all year. Yeah. So I can't believe we have another episode before decision day. But you can. I can believe what they do best. It's all too tragic. Milking it, milking it. (laughs) So next week, they're definitely trying to tease us. Like there's all this last minute despair yeah but i think we know what's gonna happen so why don't you give us our rankings our rankings are contender the contender the only contender yeah nicole and chris Mm -hmm. uh no change from last week we still have two pretenders kirsten and shack jasmine and eris and running out the clock gina and clint i think it's you know where I stand right now? Where do you stand right now? Nicole and Chris are for sure yes. Maybe it's time to switch to the yes no's. Nicole and Chris are for sure yes. Kirsten and Shaq are no. And Jasmine and Eris will say yes because of whatever this after decision day is going to be better uh, narrative is. And then by the time they're we say get yes. to and then where by are they the now? reunion or the <laughs> where are they now, they obviously will not be together. Because we'll find out that like he basically didn't call her and kept dicking her around and then they ended it. 
I like that. I agree with all that. That's what I feel. But we finally are going to get this Mac, the McKinley sliding into Gina's DMs that we've been teased with forever. We're finally going to get that next week. And I thought it was so funny because they immediately, like, they made um, everyone on After Party watch it and react. And Gina kept a stone cold face for that. Refused to react. It's like, damn, girl, you've got a good poker face. Yep. But I know you're having thoughts. Okay, team, thank you so much for listening. Sorry this is coming out a little bit late. We've just had, you know, life things, life be crazy. Worked late last night. But uh, thanks for your patience. Hope you have beautiful weekends. Find us on Instagram, TikTok, like, subscribe, share with your friends, contribute to the Buy Me a Coffee fund if you would like in the link below in the show notes and leave us a review. I mean, one day you too could be sung about until death do us recap. Absolutely. It's it's a dream that you could have and that we could maybe fulfill for you. (laughs) Okay. Have a great week. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. I was annoyed that the psychic, that the medium was pushing their connection so hard. I was like, ma'am, you do not know. I was out with the medium as soon as we're analyzing handwriting samples. (laughs) I was like, I've never seen one of these in my life. Oh, that's a strong A you signed with. But it's a weak last name. That means you were born under the wrong star. (laughs) No, I was lost. I was like, generally, I'm open to this stuff. Like, uh, I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is cool. No, I'm not. We're not. This is not. We're not analyzing handwriting samples here to figure out. And also, I'm sorry. These things are the most basic things. The only thing I'm seeing that you were born to two parents. What is, <laughs> does that mean something to you? Did you have something in no, your well, childhood? Thing really fucked Maybe. Up. Anything in your childhood? Okay, stop. Of anything? Here's the thing. I am always extremely skeptical of any, like, any time there's, like, a medium or healer person that gets brought onto reality TV. I'm always inherently way more skeptical of them because it's, like, producers can tell them things and, like, whatever. However, I will say, Eris admitted on after party that he's always been pretty like anti this stuff and not open and that he was like blown away by the experience and Jasmine similarly. And a lot of what felt made it like made them buy in was that they both felt like certain deaths in their family were being played upon. Like 
were being brought into it in ways that like she could not, no one could have possibly known. Yeah. Like she hadn't told producers about this friend and he hadn't told producers about his great grandma. Like, I guess that's the thing. I have a hard time watching it on reality TV. Yeah. Cause it, it just feels like automatically cheap and suspect. Yeah. And it's obviously nothing new that like there's tons of charlatans 